it's a show. We talk about stuff. We like innovation. And then we start over. And then, <laughs> and then we It's a podcast. Over. You guys know what a podcast is. Uh, Welcome to Unimed's Innovation Overground, where we dig into some of those amazing discoveries and innovations that we hear about from academia, but for whatever reasons, uh, don't often materialize in the real world with us. We want to look at why that is and what it takes to help bridge that divide and and, and and transform those things into actual things that live on a store shelf somewhere. Thank you for joining us. We're sponsored by Unimed, the Technology Transfer and Commercialization Office for the University of Nebraska Medical Center, the University of Nebraska at Omaha, and Nebraska Medicine. Uh, we're broadcasting from KVNO, who's gracious enough to let us use their studio. My name is Charlie Litton. I'm the communications person at Unimed. I'm joined by Tyler Scher and Joe Runge. Tyler is a licensing associate and PhD. How's it going, Tyler? Hey, pretty good. How you doing, Charlie? Not bad, thanks. And uh, Joe is a patent lawyer and runs the, or partially runs, I don't know. Halftime. Halftime, uh, the uh, Unitech. Moonlights. The, as the entre- entrepreneurial werewolf, the business development guy. <clears throat> Anything else to add, Joe? No, I think you're doing great. Other than, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. Please be sure to subscribe. We're trying to be the front porch for university innovation worldwide. Need your help to do it. Also, please take a minute to look at the feature technology in the program notes. Every week, it's something amazingly awesome, but this week, it is amazingly, amazingly so. Amazingly-er, I think. Sorry. Almost amazingly-est. Amazingly-ly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. Yes, we do want to uh, um, talk about technologies and, and academic innovations and universities and their contribution to society as a whole, not just at Nebraska, but everywhere. So help spread the word. Um, help spreading the word for that helps us do that in my own tripping tongue kind of way. Um, I think you're doing great. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Tyler, yeah. you were telling me something this morning that I thought was weird, um, as you often do. And you were oh, talking no. about billionaires are going to own all the data or we all will own all the data. It's like one or the other, all, either the billionaires or everyone. And it made me very angry. And Joe got all <laughs> stompy and stuff, as he does. And um, Only when I don't get my way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, said something about he's going to get another haircut and then ran off. I don't know. Ooh, I need a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> So inside joke. All right. Um, so Tyler, explain yourself. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. So Did I just what, throw you like totally under the bus there. No. 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 So because so, yeah, I wasn't so going to apologize. So, so the <laughs> sorry, I'm not sorry. So so the topic here is is human health, right? And sure. And uh, more specifically, all of the data that that we're acquiring now, all the biological data that that correlates with either being a healthy or, or, or otherwise unhealthy human, human being. Um, and so what I would pose, I guess, first, I'm going to take a step back from who owns all of this data to first pose uh, kind of a thought experiment really quickly. Okay. So I'm going to- This isn't the Leitner box, is it? Or the no. it was Schrodinger's cat or no, something? No, I, sh- I should have Leitner boxed this. <laughs> no. Uh, so- so I'm going to suggest that the whole endeavor of human health up until the last couple of decades has been like trying to discover the plot of the largest book ever written without being able to actually read the book. Wait, what? 
Yeah. So, so I said, oh no, I'll say that again. So the whole endeavor of human health, of, of medicine, medicine, ever since westernized medicine has been a thing, um, has, has been an attempt to discover the plot of the world's longest book without being able to actually read the book. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I don't understand. I'm still angry. Yeah, so so <laughs> so the the earth. So we we had, so is, are you talking about the gene genome? I sort am. Of? Yeah. Okay. But wait, wait. So our initial <laughs> attempts, we had this really long book <laughs> that represents human human beings. Okay, it represents it's, all it's, humans it's, or just the a, code, just the, generally the pamphlet. Basically, the entire species. There's some okay. variations, but sure. Right. The general book, and we started off by trying trying to understand. What it means to be healthy by just hacking into that thing. We were cutting holes into it. We're breaking the book up. <laughs> ripping pages we're, out. Ripping pages. We'd, we'd occasionally find pictures <laughs> in the book. There's a few pictures, and th- those pictures is are. Is it important. a large print book? Or? It was, this is, a, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's, or is it it's, fine print? It's, it, it, it's fine print. It's impossibly long. Okay. It can't possibly be hardcover. It wouldn't physically work <laughs> without some. Okay. Advances in material I feel like science. The analogy starting to fall <laughs> apart a bit. But anyway, so, so so some of the initial wisest scientists and early doctors, physicians found these these pictures, and these pictures are very important, right? Because if you you know any story that only has you know a few pictures in it, those pictures are going to be highlighting the key, some of the key events sure. in that story, right. right? Those pictures were important, and then we had some other people find you know maybe an occasional like audio file or something that maybe was only like a page or two or a chapter long uh, and it was, in a, it was translated it was in another language from the original <laughs> book <laughs> and we're trying to piece so wait, all this a stuff book together or an audio file what's going yeah, on how do you read books <laughs> we just gotta let him go yeah, right. get it out go ahead we're, we're, we're trying to piece all this information together to understand humans and what it means to be a healthy human without ever being able to read the actual book only in the last hundred years have we finally discovered like the written word <laughs> and, and then been able to actually read, you know, pages and chapters. Oh, wait, wait. This is 5G networks. <laughs> it, it, it's been it's been it's been helped with uh, increased processing power and algorithms. Oh, wait, no, this is bioinformatics. AI. This is, yeah. Oh, this is bioinformatics. Yeah, yeah, call yeah. that. And so all these letters we're talking it. about now are are the genome as you alluded to earlier. Okay. Charlie, so so being able to actually, it's only in the last 20 years, early 2000s, have we actually correctly assembled all the letters and words in the right order for, for what it means to be a human, the code of a human being, right? Now, this is important if you want to try to keep people healthy, <laughs> to be, understand the code, kind of a big deal, right? Okay. So, and and the, all, all of healthcare, the key plot to, to medicine is keeping people healthy. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, and and episodes. End? That's it. No. <laughs> so, all right. So, why do why did how do billionaires own the book? Then? So is that so? So there's been ever since the Human Genome Project, being able to sequence the the genome, what it means to be a human, having that code, those words in order. There's now uh, there's there's been a, a a deeper appreciation and even a race now to to correlate all that information with everything we care about. So this is correlating genotype with phenotype. So correlating genes with everything it means to be a person, all the traits that we care about, not only being healthy, having a healthy heart versus a diseased heart, not, or having, having, a, a, not, not having Alzheimer's, not, not having, having a tail, not having MS, not having a tail, sure, but other, other traits. If uh, you're into that sort of thing. 
personality traits, um, general intelligence, all of this, at least in some way, shape or form, um, ha- finds its source in, in, in the gene, in the genome. Uh, and so there's been major corporations and companies who've, who've started projects like uh, Google's Calico to try to completely characterize what it means to be a human and not only combine the actual sequence of, of individuals DNA, but, but with their, with all of their, all of their physical traits, their personality, their intelligence, their, the, their, the, what shape their, the, the, the health of their heart, the health of their brain, everything, all of that. Um, Where's all that come from? Where's all that information come from? Well, people either get paid to submit it or they volunteer. So there's submit or volunteer to whom? I mean, where where do you go to the hey? Where do I surrender all the information about me store? So so yeah, so you can actually just get a kit in the mail. Like so it's like so so part of this would be like a twenty three and me. You can actually just just have have your DNA sequenced. Yep, you can pay to have it done. Uh, But what I want to talk about mostly actually today, which I I guess Joe's going to want to push back on this. So there's been companies doing this independently. There's also been uh, big public government projects like the UK United Kingdom Biobank, which is an open source collection of basically all the uh, the largest collection of, of human health data um, to date. What, that, what does that mean? What's human health data? What does that look like? What, what kind yeah. Of- so again, it's so it's 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 the it's it's the genomic sequences of five hundred thousand Brits. Um, it's not only that, but it's, it's, uh, brain scans of several tens of thousands of them, um, MRIs, x-rays, um, uh, another several tens of thousands wore, uh, a, a fitness tracker for a while, wore, wore heart monitors, all sorts of those things. Um, so then they're able to correlate. Oh, they also took a lot of surveys and answered a lot of questionnaires about their daily okay. habits and what they do, how much fast food they eat, how much they exercise. Things like that. So this might be people like if you go to, say, uh, an academic um, or a university hospital, you might be asked to sign a waiver that um, you're definitely in the UK. All these participants agreed to have their their electronic health records, their EHR also flow right right into this biobank. Okay. So so there there are every, academic institutions. I think University of Nebraska Medical Center is one of those where patients can opt in. Right, it's either, a, either a, opt in or opt out. I think they opt out now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Well, whatever. There's a there's a way to collect some of this just kind of de-identified data to help science, I guess. Yeah, it's to help to help define the human condition, right? Yeah, to, to help. Improve okay, human so health, Joe, hopefully. you have a problem with this? I do. I have a problem with billionaires. As I don't like Tyler. I don't. I not being a billionaire. I also have a problem with billionaires. All right. Well, we're in that same boat of the not billionaires <laughs> boat. It's finally nice to meet one. It's not a yacht. <laughs> no, it is not. It is not a yacht. It's kind of like a ferry. It's, it's treading water. It's a paddle boat. <laughs> so, what's up with billionaires owning it? We haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. So yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, so I view Google's Calico project as an as an attempt at a, a private company uh, owned by two brothers <laughs> to 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 basically own uh, the largest their attempt yeah. to own the largest collection of human data and then commercialize uh, make money off of uh, the the development of new therapeutics that uh, that are that they could then sell. So I tell me more about Calico. Just sell the data. Yeah, what so, is Calico? I'm not yeah, familiar like, with that. If I work for Calico, what do I do? Um, yeah, it's a, that is a good is question. Is Calico so, just a big pile of money that pays people to do cheek swabs and mail them in? 
and then like a bunch of data processors to sequence it and collate it and lots uh, so that'd be make pictures and i and you know to i fit sh- your analogy. to be perfectly honest i don't know if calico i don't know if they're still actually operating i know this was a huge all right let's assume a huge the announcement worst. a few years ago so, yeah so there's so they're yeah so so they would have a team of scientists who again are are are, are collecting so okay assume the worst that they're collecting all sorts of data right. on on uh, the average American right. to then be able to sell products to the average American. So are they like sitting there counting how many steps I take and stuff like that with satellites or am I like volunteering? You'd be volunteering. Got it. Okay. Yep. So they're paying yep. me to collect data. Well, they're either paying you. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, they're a company, right? Probably some sort Why of Why would I volunteer sure. for Google? I mean, I probably would. Well, yeah. Google wants it? Who knows? Maybe if you buy a... a <laughs> oh, you didn't say Google. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's part of the fine print when you buy a, a Pixel. Good point. That they're, they're tracking think of that. all your movement with your phone. So. Right. Okay. So by various <laughs> Assuming means, the worst. <laughs> voluntary or otherwise, yeah. Google's getting all this data. Yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, Google isn't owned by two brothers. It's owned by, you know, people who own shares in Google. Yeah. So that's a good point. How do you... But how do you... So the people that own shares, are they able to access all this information? Almost certainly not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so but, I think the problem isn't necessarily owned by billionaires, but maybe accessible, controlled. So yeah, but the billionaires aren't doing that. It's not like you know what are the what are their names? It, isn't it? It's Sergey and yeah, yeah, those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like sitting there scrolling through sequence data, going, "Ooh, this correlates <laughs> to fast diet. food eatings." <laughs> so yeah, well, I mean, if they have the IDs of the individuals. <laughs> they could be. They, they, so not only are they already tracking all of our internet habits because everyone Google's things, right? But then they also have. <laughs> so they have. But also, <laughs> I don't have to pay for Google, right? <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, it is creepy when they're like, "Hey, do you still want to?" VWT one like no I already bought it but <laughs> so they know all your wants and desires and they have your DNA sequence because you sold it to them for a hundred dollars <laughs> I did <laughs> dumb you must didn't have, even know that must have missed that I did so, like the envelope when I paid my Google bill the other day so so the UK biobank is accessible is publicly accessible so right. any, anyone interested in human health can access and actually so I think your issue is less about access and ownership right if like Google owned it but it was basically open source you'd be cool with that. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, I'm not like trying to put words yeah. in your mouth. I'm just no. trying no, to I, connect the dots. Yeah, no, I think that's more accurate. Okay. Yeah. So like, why is access a big deal? Yeah, I mean, access is... Uh, because because cause what we're... So with, with the advent of, of genomics right. and, and actually more importantly, bioinformatics, being able to use... Yeah, you are really, really into bioinformatics. That. Yeah. <laughs> with the advent of that, we're actually... We're actually uh, eventually going to be able to hack human beings <laughs> we're, we're discovering that 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 life is hackable um so bioinformatics just to be clear you're talking about that's just all of that stuff that's the brain scans it's the the, yeah, the blood so tests I, it's so the more, x-rays it's the genetic code identifying 23 and me whatever it's all of that so is so that what you mean by bioinformatics that's kind of what i mean but more so okay. more, more more classically it would refer mostly to to either DNA or proteins, it's it's the it's the sequences of life. Okay, but yeah, I think I kind of think of it as encompassing all biological data, anything that that can be relevant, I guess, especially in terms of human health. Well, it seems or like human we're, activity. We're kind of in. I don't know if we're in trouble, but it seems like there's just more information than ever. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could probably say that at any age, but, um, but with our understanding of, I mean, now this was twenty bucks. How much is it? Hundred bucks. And I could mail in a, a, a spit sample, and I could have a pretty good understanding of my ancestry, right? Yeah, and they share some things with you, but then they also have this back deal with 
the federal government or with local police offices to to also share information that's relevant to some sort okay, of crime. Okay, do we know that? Crime. Or is that yes. like a conspiracy theory? No, is that yes. a fact? No, it's... <laughs> the, do we know... That, what is the guy that... The, the, there's been a couple of, of serial killers who've been caught now. I'm all this, for this, catching this is, serial killers. Well, it's, but... it's serial killer grandpa who hasn't done any serial killing that we know of in maybe 30 or 40 years. <laughs> I don't and know what's going on. Now has a family and grandchildren so, and probably was wasn't going to be harming anybody again it's just it's interesting and what they they literally they used these online <laughs> databases they gained access right and then they they actually they waited for grandpa to throw out uh, a soft drink straw and they did a quick garbage collection and swabbed his straw to get his dna um but they're able to actually even narrow down where where grandpa might be where where <laughs> Serial killer grandpa might be ba- lost, based on some of his relatives. I lost a plot on this one. Based on his relatives submitting because one of his re- DNA samples. One of his serial killer's relatives submitted a 23andMe sample. Yeah. And the company allowed law enforcement to do a blinded search to try to figure out what region of the world or any information based on a sample from one of the crime scenes that they had. So they're able to narrow down their list gotcha. of okay. literally everybody in the U.S. down to maybe 100 people. Right. In five different locations or something. Yeah, yeah, yep. Okay. Yeah. And that might be a good use, but they also, I mean, he just happened to have like a third cousin who submitted a DNA right. sample. And so it's it's it goes so far beyond, you know, your volition. So how do you open source that kind of information? Do we really want anybody, any Tom, Dick, or Harry to, to, to go online and to... Well, track pro- down the, the, people the, through their genetic code and all the I, bioinformatics and stuff? I would, contend, I would contend the problem is if somebody can do it then then it's better that everybody should be able to access it boy i don't know if somebody that can sounds access kinda, it that sounds i never appreciate how libertarian to. you are but it actually makes a lot of sense <laughs> everyone should have their own fire department <laughs> i shouldn't pay for anyone's <laughs> no no <laughs> you're not that libertarian not that libertarian no i think we need driver's licenses and fire departments and- yeah but mutually assured bioinformatics that's your thing <laughs> Well, I think everybody should at least be able to access it. So what yeah. are universities doing? How does it benefit? I mean, I, I, I see how, I don't know, I feel like you should have at least an access code or something. Yeah, so at you have the, to have so, an email. So, so, <laughs> so you're right. So at the moment with the UK Biobank, you do have to go through an application process to be able to access. Yeah. And I think I think Proof at, at a minimum to not do evil. Yeah. I think you have to Can't I think you have to be like a legit researcher actually right now to be okay. able to access it. But all that the information, legit. all the findings are being published not just in journals but eventually released publicly as well in open access. And to Tyler's point, there are a number of projects we have that are stalled because they don't have access to biobanks that if we could, you know, have ready access patient populations, either their data human motion or samples of their blood or whatever, we'd be able to advance something a lot quicker. So a few of the big findings um, coming from the UK Biobank, and there's you, you can look this up. I'll share some source notes. There's publications, a lot of them in nature coming up basically monthly or even weekly from the Biobank, this huge, again, collection of data. One, um, they've recently discovered 12 genes associated with human health span. So not lifespan, but health span. So that's the amount of time the average human lives a healthy life free of chronic disease. So the top three killers of humans, uh, if you live to be an adult anyway, top three, top three killers, we're talking cancer, diabetes, and, and heart disease. And so mm-hmm. health span would be the average age of an individual before they get one of those three, before they, they start showing signs huh. of one of those three. And so that, anyway, so they've identified 12 genes 
um, that that are that are highly correlative uh, with with uh, with health span, with being able to live longer without getting either of those three chronic diseases. Again, caveat: this is mostly in in British people, so there there's going to be some differences sure. um, between between that population and other populations around the world, obviously. Um, another cool finding was, and this one's really big, when we're talking about things like Alzheimer's, nine novel genes for Alzheimer's that seem to be highly correlative. If you have these genes, you have an increased risk of Alzheimer's. It might only be a few percentage points increased risk, but these are still big things. So, I mean, if they can identify stuff like this earlier in a person's, in an individual's life, then you could you could do things, you could take more of a, a preventative um, stance. Okay. Interesting. We are running out of time, so I think on that note, it's time to come to ground on this. Um, Tyler, you'll give us some links so that we yeah. can show people more about these bioinformatics and, and, and biobanks yeah. and, uh, and, and all that good stuff. So if there's nothing else, um, on behalf of uh, Joe and Tyler, I'm Charlie Litton saying thank you for joining us on Innovation Overground.